1: Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. We're smack dab in the middle of giving the gift of flight. That's right. It's the uh, gift. It's always the perfect color, right size. It's the gift that keeps on giving a discover flight or just something, you know, aviation themed uh, is what you should give the people on your list. And, you know, whether you're bringing more people into our community or you're looking out for something, you know, that you can benefit from by getting your friend, Uh, certified to be a private pilot, and then they can fly around the world. That's kind of what I've been doing the last, I don't know, God knows how many years, Dennis. What do you think?
2: (laughs) How's that working out for you, Greg? Well,
1: I mean, you've taken me places, so it's worked out okay. I don't have much to complain about, but, you know, that's a whole different issue. And we have some, uh, you know, pretty good ideas as far as when it comes to giving the gift of flight, Dean from Flying Eyes Optics is uh, on with us right now to help kick off the show. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you, Dean. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me back again. Absolutely, uh, we're
3: doing great here. Uh, just another busy fall. Uh, uh, actually, not. I'm flying a little bit, but not nearly. Never as nearly as much as I'd like. Never but, enough. Uh,
1: still right. Still having some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's the thing. You know, you never can do enough flying. That's for sure. You know, especially this time of year. But you can always think about it and thinking about sharing the joy of flying with others. Are you, uh, you know, taking family members, relatives, and and friends and stuff out uh, up in your plane, if you can, in between the weather uh, windows or what?
3: In fact, we've got some new employees here. We keep, we're, we're growing so much. We keep hiring more people. Uh, took a couple of employees up for their first flight in uh, in a small plane recently, and and they actually enjoyed it and want to uh, go fly again, which is which is always nice.
1: Yeah, well, that's an easy sell, is my guess. You know, you take them up there and let them, uh, you know, soak in the view. It doesn't take much to uh, get them excited. That's about right. Wanting to learn how to fly. Right. Now you could do that. You can give the gift of flight, like Dean has done with some of his employees and friends and family, or you can just give them the uh, the gift of uh, being able to see better, uh, whether they're flying or not. And that's where Flying Eyes Optics can help you out. Uh, you know, not only are they great, great for pilots, these uh, these sunglasses, these uh, eyeglasses that you guys make, are uh, cover a myriad of activities. Is that right, Dean?
3: That's right. If you wear a helmet or headset. Of any kind, for any reason, on a regular basis, our glasses will solve that pressure and pain and noise leaks that you get with regular eyewear. Uh, to- completely solves it pain-free uh, With when you're wearing an aviation-style headset or if you're a gamer, even. Uh, you wear headphones and you wear prescription glasses. It just solves that problem.
1: You know what? I'm planning to put mine to the test uh, this weekend as I go see avatar in 4d and they're going to put them goofy glasses on me. And I I need my flying eyes optics to actually be able to see the 3d and 4d effects. And, uh, you know, when you're wearing the headset over here your noggin there it's kind of irritating with typical glasses yep. not the case with the flying eyes optics co so so there's a, right. a, another use that you can use these for uh,
3: another one uh that we've we've actually had uh, a number of uh people that wear hearing aids uh outside uh their ear hearing aids yeah uh whether they're wearing a headset or not um they regular glasses interfere with them and and, and and apparently it hurts. Hmm. Uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, customers that buy them for that purpose and and tell us how much they love them.
1: Well, there's no doubt about it. They're very comfortable. They're fashionable as well. They look great, <laughs> but they're super light, which is something that really affects me. I, I really I hate wearing glasses, to be honest with you. But you know, sometimes we have right. to. And uh, the fact yep. that your glasses are so light, they're probably some of the lightest in the frames in the industry. Is that true?
3: They definitely are uh the material that we use the proprietary patented material that we use for our frames allows them to be extremely light but extremely strong and durable and in in, fa- in fact we had a uh uh one of our brand ambassadors a youtube channel that has a uh, uh is a motorcycle channel he uh, ran over them with his motorcycle mm. by accident on purpose and uh, survived yeah. did not break and uh you were just fine. The, okay, the, the his glasses survived. Scratched.
1: I thought you were talking about him, yeah. but no, you're talking about his glasses. Oh, survived. no. No, he didn't get run over. He ran over the glasses. Okay. And, right. and the
3: glasses uh, were not damaged, actually. The frames were not damaged in any way. Uh, the lenses were a little scratched, but he was able to actually put them on and wear them and uh, ride with them after getting run o- Getting them run over. Wow.
1: Okay, well, that isn't something we'd recommend with your flying eyes optics. No. But uh, to no, know that they would survive such an incident is uh, pretty reassuring. What do you think about this, Dennis? Very
2: durable. Yeah. Well, that was uh, going to be one of my points: was the durability of the frame and the flexibility. It's it's less likely to break than a traditional glasses. And I was going to mention that uh, you know last week we had a visitor here at the studio. Uh, you know, RV Tom came in, right? And believe it or not, his glasses actually broke while he was here. It had nothing to do with me he was uh, busy chasing around the restaurant, trying to find half of his temple. And I said, like, you know, I know a guy that you need to talk to
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> because you won't have right. this problem again. Let me show you what mine do. And I, you know, <laughs> was able to hand him a pair of flying eyes. So I'm hoping that, that he's going to pick up a new pair. I did remind him that he can save, uh, you know 10% on his order with uh using the code JPR so we'll there see you if go he, uh, that's, that's right you don't through.
1: even uh, you don't even need to know dean like we do on a personal that's level right. you know, all you got to do is go to flyingeyesoptics.com and like uh dennis said use that code JPR you get a little extra bump there for the holidays and uh save a few bucks but these are uh excellent eyeglasses Uh, The frames, you can do prescription sunglasses, you name it. They got it covered, and uh, it's a pretty cool gift, uh, whether it's uh, the aviation enthusiast on your list or for yourself or just for someone who wants some really cool eyeglasses. You know, I mean, so it's uh, you know all across the board. What about flying for you uh, personally? In between the weather uh, things that we've been talking about, we've been dealing with some weird weather this week for sure. It's it's grounded a lot of flights. Do uh, you got some big plans over the next few weeks? Are you going to do any kind of holiday flying on Christmas Eve or anything? Or or what do you think, well, Dean?
3: Well, I'm I'm actually traveling uh, over uh, over Christmas, uh, going over to Hawaii. My uh, my dad lives over there. And uh, we'll be flying commercial over there, unfortunately, kind of a long way to go. Yeah. But uh, around New Year's, I'm hoping to have my plane back. I'm getting new windows installed. I just bought a new, well, new, new to me, uh, Grumman Tiger, uh, 1979 Grumman Tiger, because uh, I have employees that want to learn how to fly. And it's just a, the Tiger, I have probably 500 hours in Tigers already, is a simple, fun, fast, easy to fly, easy to maintain airplane. And, um. Bought it a few months ago and been flying the heck out of it, and uh, uh, getting new windows installed in it right now. Hopefully done before the New Year's. Yeah, uh, when we get back from our trip uh, to Hawaii, we'll uh, we'll definitely be flying it over New Year's.
1: Okay, well, you know, Dennis went out there to Hawaii, and of course he flew commercial because it's a bit of a haul in a single engine private uh, GA aircraft. But it, you can well, get over there, and rent something, right,
2: Dennis? Yes, you, you can. Did. Uh, yeah. George's Aviation in Honolulu. If you're going to the uh, Honolulu at all. Um, I highly recommend them. And in fact, they're the ones that just got that brand new 172 that was ferried over from the mainland where the guy did a 14 hour nonstop flight. So you can go fly a brand new Skyhawk around the big island.
1: Does that entice you in between, uh, doing hula dances in Hawaii or what? (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) uh, yeah,
3: I, we, we go over to Maui actually. Um, my, that's where my dad lives, but, uh, I have rented airplanes over there, uh, in the past. It's, it's beautiful. It's often really windy, but it's really, really pretty to, uh, to fly around the volcanoes of, uh, of Hawaii. But I was going to say Blank O'Leary channel did a great video on the pilot that flew that 172 across the Pacific. From California to Hawaii That's what they do You put yeah. a whole bunch Of big fuel tanks in it And
1: You make it work
3: how long it was 20 hours or something like that
1: Well look it up It, it would be a good video For you to watch Over the holidays And I don't know That yes. extra added thing They make you wear A coconut bra and a grass skirt When you're in Hawaii When you're flying planes I think I've heard this <laughs> It could be just me Talking right. nonsense But anyway Check them out Flying Eyes Optics Connect with Dean And his gang And they will take care of you With their uh, eyeglass schemes For sure for the holidays. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted
0: exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: Who dares approach the great and powerful Roz? Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Silence! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201? Silence! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus vision jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing i think i'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty oh, okay you got me uh, just a man behind the curtain with an aircraft spruce catalog pretty cool though huh
0: you don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane you need aircraft spruce and specialty supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years aircraft spruce and specialty call 877-4-SPRUCE 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraft that's aircraft spruce.com you are now clear for takeoff with just plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle hey kids i heard on the news that an airline pilot spotted santa's sled on his way in from new york (laughs)
3: You serious, Clark? Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry, better not
1: pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. This is Just plain Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Time for a little holiday commercial airline news segment for you. A few things in the news. Actually, right here in our backyard You know, is uh, Orlando International Airport. And you may have seen this on the news this week made the national news because we ran out of gas at the airport or something. It was insane. And, you know, this is a pretty busy time in Orlando, uh, especially at the international airport. So uh, they had some issue with what a tanker getting access to the airport to getting the jet fuel in. Is it do we know, Dennis, what was it? What was the deal there?
2: Well, you know how Dean was saying the weather has been kind of crappy, and he hasn't been able to fly. Well, it's uh, the same problem has been all throughout the Gulf, and because of the fog and what you know, bad weather that we've had, the tanker wasn't able to set sail uh, through the Gulf of Mexico to bring fuel uh, to Orlando International.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: and so yeah, that it's it's hard to believe, but it can affect even even shipping traffic so when we complain about the foggy mornings and the bad weather yeah it, it's not just for planes it's boats and trains that can't get into the dock they mm-hmm. can't get to navigate the harbor whatever it is yeah so
1: it was and- quite a quite a new story for sure now I, I don't know if it lent itself to any real problems because the airlines just had to scramble and make sure they didn't come to Orlando needing fuel so they had to make sure they fueled up before they got to town. And then, uh, you know, they were able to, you know, do what they needed to do. But it was uh, quite a story to hear that, oh, we're out of gas. <laughs> I was like, what? what? What the heck happened? And well, uh, it was
2: very it, odd. From the, some of the articles I've read recently, though, they, they didn't actually run out of fuel, but they were dipping into their reserve capacity. And that's what they were getting this tanker for, was to replenish the reserve to make sure that they could maintain the levels that they needed to. but a lot of the airplanes uh, kicked in or sorry not airplanes but airlines kicked in their contingency plans to you know tanker more airplane more fuel in so they maybe didn't need to fill up when they were there right. or uh, one of the airlines even uh put basically tech stops into their routes so they would take off out of Orlando and then land at some inter- intermediate airport to top up to then get them to the final destination just to eliminate any sort of a fueling problem
1: yeah, well, let's hope uh, this isn't, uh, you know, something that pops up more often in the future. And it was just a, a fluke. but uh,
2: <laughs> One more supply chain interruption. Right. right.
1: Yeah, we, we don't need that. Uh, that's for sure, especially at this time of year. I mean, it's the busiest travel time of the year in Orlando. It is insane at the airport right now. I mean, you know, us locals, we will avoid it at all costs. The only reason we go is to pick up our relatives. Uh, you know, but, uh,
2: or it, more importantly, drop them back off.
1: Well, uh, there's that, Yeah, you know, so they better have plenty of fuel to get them the hell out of Dodge because <laughs> they're, they're not staying in another yes, day. Your exactly. House. Right. Okay. So there's that. Also, uh, we got a, a interesting little story from our friends at Northern Pacific Airways. Now we went there, uh, out to the West coast and saw the launch of their new airline that, uh, they're getting ready to start running their uh their fleet of airplanes here pretty soon that'll route through Alaska and they've just made an announcement about the uh, goodies that they're going to have on board. You know, is is it going to be peanuts? Is it going to be cookies? You know, what what is going to be their thing? Well, they they're pretty in uh, pretty uh, unique in this regard with a special branded cookie. I guess, you know, you know, Dennis was talking about this during the commercial break that it'd, it'd be like Delta's Biscotti cookie that they have that they're known for, right? But, uh, yeah, that's
2: the the Biscoff cookies.
1: Right. Yep. So you got those for Delta, but Northern Pacific Airways is going to have some specially branded cookie, like a snickerdoodle. But I, I think, I don't know if the vendor that they're using is uh, from Alaska or something. There might be a, an Anchorage uh, tie-in to the cookie maker. I'm not sure. But but uh, but it's a combination cinnamon snickerdoodle uh, cookie that is going to be specifically for them. And uh, I don't know, maybe it'll be tricky to get uh, one of these cookies. The only way you'll get it, I guess, is uh, at least initially, is on their uh, airplane when you're flying with them. I think well, that's a pretty good one. are going to put book. in a request
2: yeah. to, to taste test these to make sure, you know, before they turn them loose on the general public, we're yeah. going to have to, you know, thoroughly
1: test that. And they are going to be seasonal recipes of uh, different cookies that they're going to offer while uh, flying Northern Pacific Airways. I mean, I think it's genius. It's great. You know, when we went out there for the launch of the airline, they had a special uh, arrangement that they've set up with Woodford Reserve, so they'll be the official bourbon on board. If you want a cocktail, I guess, in that uh, genre. Uh, but but now they're doing the same thing with a with this special cookie maker, which I, I'm trying to look to see if I can actually. Oh, Molly Business Cookies. It, yeah, Molly, it's Molly
2: Bees and they Molly Bees. That's what founded. it is. I'm, yep.
1: Yeah. So they uh, they sound delicious. <laughs> And I love the idea that, uh, you know, the airline's going something, you know, bigger than peanuts or pretzels. Let's do something a little more unique like this. Co-brand with, you know, something like that. And uh, hopefully they're going to make it a win-win for the vendor as well as for the airline. And the the person who wins in the end are the passengers. Are you with me on this, Dennis? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, all you got to do is buy an airline ticket and get a free cookie. Uh, maybe that won't be the the pitch that they'll put out there to the public, but it'll be one more little feather in their cap. So I th- I love the way they're thinking. Uh, I definitely think, uh, uh, you know, we, we should expect more of this or we would demand more of this as opposed to what it's been like over the last God knows how many years where we just seem to be getting less and less and less. So, well, whatever
2: they can do to differentiate themselves if you can make it memorable and give somebody a cookie that they remember you're probably far more likely to think highly of that flight and I'm sure that that's part of some of the yeah. uh, marketing that's behind this absolutely
1: you know uh, unfortunately not all airlines are thinking that uh, way uh, that out of the box type of way you know frontier uh just announced you you can you can complain all you want about whatever service you get from them. Uh, but don't expect anyone to pick up a phone uh, if you try to call them because they've uh, eliminated their (laughs) their phone lines or something. Is that what's happening? What's going on? Exactly. You can complain all you want, but it's going to
2: have to be online, you know, via Twitter or mobile or text, Mm. but their call center is gone. You cannot call Frontier to change a flight, complain, do anything. They have completely eliminated the call center.
1: Yeah. Like it had made a difference anyway, but... You know, it is kind of interesting to think that uh, you don't have anyone you can even call if you have an emergency or something pop up. I don't know how that's going to play, but I guess they just figure everybody's going towards texting and and social media and that kind of thing, and that's how you're going to get the uh, attention of folks. But, uh, yeah,
2: whip out the mobile app and go in there and hopefully get customer service. But yeah. uh, I'm just afraid that there's going to be you know some sort of a chat bot or something in it that's right. going to try to filter everything. And you got to first get through that exactly he was bad
1: enough yeah now, it's not going to be this. a real person <laughs> it's going to be the, the computer replying back to your text like oh yeah we're right here for you what do you need and then you'll say well I'm sorry dave i need I'm to reroute I can't it. do that yes exactly <laughs> that's what's happening oh well open the pod bay door hell it yeah. is what it is more coming up
0: just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying in the aviation
1: lifestyle Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive.
0: off with Just plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hey, Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you.
1: Let's get away from sleigh bells, let's get away from snow, let's make or break some Christmas dear, I know the place to go. How'd you like to spend Christmas on Christmas Island? That sounds nice. This is Just Plain Radio. Gregor, your co pilot. That's me. Aloha, Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right. So, uh, Elon Musk back in the news, ironically enough. Uh, really, it would be better off to say when he's not in the news. But it's definitely going to be a lot shorter list, isn't yes. it? Yes. So, why is this, Dennis?
2: Well, Elon Musk is being inducted into the National Aviation Hall of Fame for his work in creating SpaceX.
1: Aha. So, see, yeah, he's in the news usually, but he doesn't usually show up on our radar, uh, except when he wins big aviation awards. And You know, it's probably been a long time coming, because I'm surprised he hasn't won every aviation award already in existence with all the stuff he's been doing, you think?
2: Well, you know, you look at all of the businesses he's invested in and things he's done. I mean, I'm surprised that this is the first, you know, real big one. I mean, just look at yeah. what he's done, electrifying with Tesla. But, I mean, you got to admit, SpaceX has really flipped the script on on space travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it used to be dominated by, you know, the Lockheed, Northrop Grumman, those and Boeing. And all of a sudden, here's this little startup private company that's, you know, basically lobbing more stuff into space than all of them combined and doing it better.
1: Right. Well, I don't know if "little" is the right word, but still, well, a surprise. Start up yeah, yes. startup uh, company like this, and it's just taken over on a level that we you just wouldn't have thought about it back in the day. I don't think I should. Sure well, and the fact that
2: NASA was actually outsourcing, you know, the launches of their astronauts now on a privately owned spacecraft that they developed in record time, and it's taken how long to get that Artemis off the ground and Around the moon, so right. know, I think I think SpaceX got its start around the time they announced that project, and mm-hmm. look at where they're at now. Yeah. So I, I think I, if, if anyone deserved an award, it would be Elon for SpaceX. Right.
1: I, I wonder if he's uh, ever thought about becoming a private pilot or doing any of that kind of stuff. Uh,
2: well, he's got his own fleet, and yeah. uh, I think he made some cut some sort of deal with NASA to get access to one of NASA's facilities down in the Bay Area, so he didn't have to go into. Uh, san jose or san francisco airport he's actually uh, uh leveraging i think moffett field for some of his personal airplanes
1: well so does he fly himself or i doubt it yeah i was gonna say probably but it, but you would think he could do it if he wanted to he's done everything else i mean what would be keeping him or maybe he just figures he'll just create something that it, he doesn't have to learn himself but the computer will fly for him like kind of like his autopilot on the teslas you think
2: I think that would be his next goal, would right. be how do I get the pilot out of the cockpit? And, you know, we already have that problem now. I don't know if you've seen the, the scuttle, but, uh, but airlines are starting to look at trying to get down to single pilot cockpits right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's not encourage this behavior. We want to, we want the redundancy.
1: Well, true. But uh, the technology is pretty cool. Uh, you know, I did see the uh, story this week, too, from United. It's ordered like, I don't know, 200 of these quadcopter or you know drone-looking uh, personal taxis that they plan to launch uh, initially in New York City for people that want to need to fly from or get from like uh, Newark to JFK or Manhattan and just hop in this four-seater you know uh, drone type of thing that'll carry four people in ten minutes from location to location. They typically take them about an hour, and they already said they expect it to be about a hundred-dollar fare. To go each way, which is probably about the same price as what it costs you in a taxi uh, during rush hour. So uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. And they expect to have uh, like 100 to 200 of these things going with the goal of the route being uh, in effect by 2025. You think that's too ambitious? You think they could pull that off? I don't know. I
2: mean, we're talking about certifying a completely new category of airplane and the FAA is actually having to change a lot of their rules and regulations to allow electric aircraft for like part one hundred thirty five charter and things like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just the the time it takes the FAA to change anything, um, uh, you know, we'll have to see. Right.
1: Well, I mean it, it's pretty uh pretty interesting stuff. I mean, they also say these things are, are way quieter than a helicopter. So that allows them to, you know, go through the city without creating much havoc as far as noise and that kind of stuff, uh, less noise pollution. But they'd be, you know, they'd be able to take all these people off the road and get them there quicker. I love the idea. I was kind of surprised to hear that it was United of all airlines that were, you know, uh, running with this idea. But I guess they've been pretty uh, adventurous the last uh, few weeks. They also announced a big purchase of Dreamliners. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I think they, uh, one of the largest orders with Boeing, they uh, just announced they're purchasing 100 787 Dreamliners with an option to purchase an additional 100. Wow. So things are looking up over at United that they they feel that they really need to add more capacity to their fleet.
1: Well, I understand that, but 100 Dreamliners? 100
2: of them Dreamliners, yep.
1: Well, do you have any idea how they would run that? Would they, if they took delivery, then they'd retire an older one, you think? Or would they just no, add I th- that? I, I, th- I think they're adding
2: that or you know possibly retiring something else in the fleet something you know of similar capacity, an older airframe or something. but I didn't see anything you know specifically talking about them wanting to replace a aircraft type. So it yeah. just looks to me like they're they're adding up and, and plus they're adding 56 more 737 maxes um, that they're, they're adding to the fleet as well
1: hmm so how soon do they expect to take delivery on those do we know or they just said place the order and we'll they've placed in the
2: order years. and boeing will do de- well it takes boeing a few years to you know to deliver i mean they're only able to create you know what about fifty seven thirty sevens a month and i think the uh, 787s just restarted delivery recently so there's a little bit of a backlog there
1: yeah but yeah i mean but they could do this within like a five-year time frame or less you think i,
2: I think that yeah that's that sounds about right.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, I you know, I remember what a year ago United was constantly in the news for bad reasons. So amazing how times have changed in just a few months. Because-
2: well, the airlines are cyclical, and you know, you've got uh, you know other airlines that can take the abuse now. You get the whole Spirit merger, so that's taken the pressure off of them, and we've gotten rid of the Basque mandate, so that's made people maybe settle down a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, less fights and that kind of thing. Because <laughs> yeah, that was what less they were in the news. Flight
2: attendants, right? right?
1: Yeah. So it's it's good to see United back in the news for a more positive story, as opposed to what it was a few months ago. So hopefully they'll continue the trend. Because uh, I wish them uh, wish them the best. I actually have to do probably the biggest uh, flight. Of uh, of my history in my history, I'm, I'm flying halfway around the world. It looks like I'm gonna have to fly United because they're the only ones that own the the route that I'm planning to take uh, sometime around the uh, end of uh, February. So that might be a good little test to see how they're holding up because I haven't flown them in quite a while. You you fly United much or no? What do you? I think? have
2: not flown United since they made me spend the night in the terminal in Houston.
1: Okay, well, they once again, you know. Hopefully, but your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I'm hoping they're getting better, and the fact that they're investing in new airplanes and and looking towards the future like that, I would think that's a positive sign, wouldn't you agree?
2: I think so. I mean, yeah. I think all of the airlines are really turning around. Everybody was really getting a bad rap for a long time there, just because there was so much uh, unrest within aviation caused by you know inconsistent applications of rules and the covid lockdowns and everything else i think people are getting back to a new normal
1: well and they're trying to manage it as best they can i mean delta was in the news a couple of weeks ago about their sky clubs uh adding more limits to them because they're getting overcrowded and you don't feel as special as you used to when you got into the sky Clubs. <laughs> Because it's like, where did all these people come from? I could have dealt with this in the regular terminal with all the, you know, the, the white, you know, all, all the, the trash. Unwashed masses. the Yes, yeah, on the washed mass Exactly. I'm like, what's going on? And then so they changed the rules. So they're, they're uh, making it a little more exclusive again. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that holds up. But you know, the people that have had that for years, I don't, I don't blame them for being a little annoyed with that because that costs big bucks to get into those things sometimes. So they got to do what they got to do. We'll see how it goes for the future. All right, more coming up on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Enough
1: reindeer games. Back to the sky, boys. We need to save three minutes off our flight time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much towing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the
3: most wonderful time. Yes, the most wonderful time, for oh, the most wonderful time of the year.
1: This is Just plain Radio, Gregor co-pilot, That's me, along with Captain Dennis. Give the gift of flight this holiday season. Remember, it's the gift that keeps on giving, always the perfect size and color. Won't go wrong, and you are welcome for the suggestion. All right, so we got a couple more little tidbits to share with our passengers before we wrap it up today. Uh, one entails experimental aircraft, right, Dennis?
2: That's correct. Uh, the, uh, there's a bill that's uh, currently going its way through Congress. I think it's uh, in the Senate right now or has already been signed off. But uh, the Congress has actually had to step in and correct uh, what a lot of people consider an overstep by the FAA's legal department. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember about a year or so ago, all of a sudden there was this paperwork exercise where if you own an experimental aircraft or if you're a flight instructor and want to teach someone in their experimental aircraft, you are now required to get what they call a LOTA or a letter of deviation authority. Okay. Okay. Basically, you you send the info to the FISDO, and the same day, they send you a PDF file back, and now you can teach them the plane. What All is right. this accomplishing? All it's doing is creating a paperwork nightmare for uh, instructors and for people and creating a barrier that you know would, would potentially keep someone like, say, Captain Tom, who just bought an experimental airplane. He has to get a Loda to have me go and teach him how to fly in his airplane. Right. Yeah, yeah so... Congress has stepped in and, and basically is changing that policy, putting it back to the way things were, that you do not require special authorization for home-built or experimental airplanes. and That's expected to get signed um, this month. Okay. So that'll be well, nice a good to day. finally rescind that uh, that little exercise.
1: Right. Yeah. What was the point of it in the first place? Just because they could, or do we even know? I forget.
2: Yeah. So what would actually caused this whole problem was, there was a company, I think it was called Warbird Adventures, that was offering flights in the P-40 Warhawk. And the way they were getting around renting an experimental or restricted category airplane was by classifying it as flight instruction. Right. We're going to give you a lesson in this P-40 Warhawk. Mm-hmm. The FAA didn't like that, but they couldn't shut them down any other way. And so, basically, what FAA legally did is said, well... Here's the thing: you need to have this letter of authorization in order for you to provide instruction, and we have to grant you that letter. So if we don't give you the letter, you can't teach. Problem solved. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't realize that there's a hundred thousand some experimental airplanes and pilots out there that are now also being similarly impacted. So right,
1: so the government, we're here to help. They tried to, they changed the rule
2: till you're not happy, and
1: screwed up everybody in the process. So, uh, I don't know. Do we even know what happens to that, uh, warbird school or, uh, experience thing because of this change? I wonder if it helps them out too. I don't, um, I
2: don't think so. I think the FAA is going to do everything they can to make sure that they're not able to get around that. That's loophole.
1: my guess. They'll, 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 they'll but find they'll some find way other to close creative
2: ways. Yes. That loophole.
1: Right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh monitor it accordingly. Now, also, uh, I did see the video of this. It was impressive. So the, uh, the Air Force uh, took delivery or, or debuted their new stealth fighter. Is that right?
2: Yeah, correct. The B twenty one Raider is the Air Force's newest bomber, and it's actually the the, the newest uh, bomber in like thirty years, I think, since the B two was rolled out. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a it looks outwardly very similar to the B two stealth bomber, but apparently the technology is vastly improved inside
1: well you know um, it looked to me a
2: few changes in 30 years in the uh, technology department
1: yeah it looked like that stealth fighter like you said combined with the uh, spaceship from independence day <laughs> did you pick up that vibe it had the curves like well
2: b2 kind of has that it's yeah, all kind of that, it part does. of that stealth uh but you know that that's going to be the new new next generation airplane and yet ironically we're still going to be flying the B-52 for till at least 2050. So, you know, we have this on one end and on the other side of it, we still have a 1950s designed Boeing with eight engines on it. So, Uh, interesting contrast right hey but 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 at least the b-52 is getting brand new engines so there's that
1: okay there's that but you know i I did see the video where they you know unveiled it with all the flashes and everything going off but they said nobody was allowed to get remotely close to it or see what's in it They they were only showing the exterior uh shot of the aircraft did you see that too it was like, I did. if they tell you they got to kill you or something like that? or Well, I, don't know.
2: I think they learned their lesson from when they rolled out the B-2 years ago because, uh, you know, the Air Force did a lot to cover up things like the engine inlets and stuff. So you couldn't really get an idea of what was going on with the plane when they first did the rollout. Mm-hmm. What they didn't count on was a guy in a 172 orbiting over the airport with a camera right so you know i don't know if it was aviation week and uh you know space technology or so one of these big magazines but they had a cameraman flying over the uh the show and he had the you know the top down picture and all right well here we go solve that problem
1: so Mm -hmm. what did they uh, share as far as the specs on this though didn't they share some uh as far as like how fast or any of that kind of stuff or was well, that all hush hush? They just showed it and it, said, "We got it's it."
2: Still, it's still pretty quiet. Um, yeah. It's not expected to make its first flight until next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's you know, they're being very vague on the future right. uh, future technology that could be in it, and it's still a long way from actually entering service.
1: Yeah, my my guess is it, it obviously is going to be super fast, just like the old one. Because it's going to be there, have dropped its bombs, and they will have exploded before you even know uh, that it flew over uh, top of you.
2: <laughs> well, and that's not good. that's not necessarily the speed. I mean, this isn't supersonic like the B one Lancer, um, no. but it's stealth. They they won't know it's coming. Right. Uh, the, new the the technology, the the coatings, the 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 technology, the the radar, all of that kind of stuff is is there to you know basically make it invisible.
1: Right. Yeah, that's what's cool. I mean, I saw the, uh, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special on Disney Plus, And that cloaking device technology, it probably has it. Uh, it's just a guess, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, it, it, but it does look very spaceship-like. So I think when these things do uh, start flying around uh, topside, I, I think we're going to get some reports like, Hey, there's a UFO in my backyard. You know, I mean, could we had that after the first one when they started flying that a few times, didn't we? Yeah. We got some of those reports.
2: Yeah. What's this black wedge coming yeah. across? And, and, you know, you had all of the people that were out at Area 51 back when the, the original stealth fighter, the F-117 Nighthawk, was right. flying. People were like, what is this black wedge? You know, mm-hmm. what is this thing? Yeah. It doesn't look like an airplane that we're used to.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, does this one, uh, uh, did the old one, could it hover? If, no. It, it couldn't. I, no. I, you think they got that technology now, and they've incorporated it somehow? Only on
2: Marvel's Avenger's shield. Okay, uh, you know, well, there's only one, one or two airplanes in the fleet right now that can hover. And that was the old Harrier, and certain yeah. variants of the new uh, F-35. They've got a version that can do a vertical takeoff or landing, but it's very, very uh, specific to the Marine Corps configuration. Okay.
1: Okay, but so they got to catch up with Hollywood.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It it will be interesting to see, you know, with this new airplane if they're going to get the costs to operate it down. Um there was a, a an article just recently in Flying Magazine talking about the costs to operate aircraft in the Air Force's fleet right now. And do you want to take a guess what it costs to fly the current B2 stealth bomber per hour?
1: Per hour, um I'm going to say 3 million dollars. No, it's not quite that bad. Okay, but it's a so a
2: hundred and fifty thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. It's only a two engine airplane, but the B-52 with all eight engines burning is only $88,000 an hour for a 1950s, you know, design. So mm. it, it's interesting that if they can get those costs down to make it a little bit more cost effective. But that same article is also really intriguing because, you know, we think in that flying a Cessna is expensive, you know, it's getting up to the, you know, a couple hundred dollars an hour for an airplane and an instructor. Well, the Air Force's least expensive airplane to fly right now is the A-10 Warthog at $22,000 dollars an hour
1: well you know who they need to call is uh elon i just got that award so yeah maybe he can do something to get him a lower help a brother uh, out will you do your country good Elon. all right well uh there's our two cents and on that we're gonna wrap it up till next time remember there is no better high than learning to fly
0: to flying and the aviation lifestyle.